the series we're in, what the world needs now, we all know the answer to that is Jesus. That doesn't mean that everyone is turning to Christ. Our prayer is that that would happen, and we would see that happen in a dramatic way. And then the thing is, it could be worse. So we're, we're talking more and more darkness, but again, for us being the light in this, we know that light shines brighter the greater the darkness. That doesn't mean you look for more darkness. It just means you realize that things could be worse. So let me give you some statistics. Well, one of them is not a statistic. The first one is this. Driving down I-77 the other day, there's a billboard that says, oops, life's too short. Get a divorce. There is a sign on the bypass headed toward Dawson Drive. I read it. Then I checked it. I did my fact checking. (laughs) And it says that there is a death in the United States every 50 minutes due to an alcohol-impaired driver. That is a statistic. It's not just a sign the county put up. I received a letter from the Sheriff's Department because they're in the process of trying to put more law enforcement on the street and they were applying for a grant. They'd asked for a letter of recommendation. And in the letter it stated that last year, listen to this now, last year in Chester County, we had approximately 50 deaths due to drug overdose. Folks, we ain't that big for us to have those kind of numbers. So it could be worse. It is worse. But again, as we walk through this, and I'm going to unpack some of what I dumped out last week because it was so much information. As we walk through this, please remember, hold on to this. We have to look at what's happening so we can at least determine what our response is going to be. We know, we should know already that our response is going to be, we're going to submit to the Holy Spirit. We're going to take the Word of God for what it says, and we're going to live that Word out for His glory, for His honor, for His praise. But there's a problem that exists. James points it out in James 4, 4. Again, I'm going over the same scripture from last week, just trying to unpack a little more uh, of it as we go through it. You are adulterous, adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We did this last week. I want to share it again today. Are you here today as one who professes no Christ? If you are, in fact, that person who would say, yes, I choose to be a friend of God. Or I'm going to do my thing my way and I don't care if I'm his enemy. That's what it says, right? I'm not making this stuff up. This is the word of God, and this is the application of that word in the process we're walking in. There's a scripture in uh, 1 John 1.16. I'm doing a little different translation. This is the Christian uh, Standard Bible. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's possessions is not from the Father, but from the world. We're 
always, whether we even admit it or maybe even know it, we're always making choices between what God is offering, what God is giving, what God is saying, and what the world is offering, and what the world is saying. And we live in a very noisy world. It comes at us, have you noticed? We are bombarded with information. Not all good information, not all correct information, but information because somewhere back there, you remember this? It said, because knowledge is power. That needs to be amended to correct knowledge. Correct information can be powerful. So we go into the scripture as Paul is writing to Timothy, but we realize this. He says, know this. This is, this is one of those when it says the word know here. This is absolute knowledge. This is not hypothetical. There is such an emphasis in the original language of know this, realize this, understand this. This is what is happening. That's what he's saying. In the last days, difficult times, perilous times, Trying times will come. Again, not to scare us. If we're in Christ, if the Holy Spirit of God is taking the Word of God and applying it to our our lives, it says, do not be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So this is not fear tactic. This is preparation. For men will become lovers of themselves in this time... In these last days, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. That's not all it says. Malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who have entered into households and captivated weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth, just as James and Jambres opposed Moses. So these men also oppose the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to the faith. That's our day. And like I say, we all get to make choices and we get to make them consistently. So we're going to choose as we listen to this to say, Oh my goodness, what a terrible, terrible plight we're in. There is no hope, there is no help. When that's not the case at all. Now, are these things recognizable in our time? Yes. Can we, as a people, respond to them in an appropriate fashion? And the answer is yes. And we're going to do more of that next week. I just want to... Be real careful to lay out some of this today because I've prayed very specifically for um, illustrations that can help us understand how real this is.
When we look at all that's written by the Apostle Paul here, I understand, as I said, it can be dismaying and disturbing. In fact, I even want to read it from another translation because sometimes everything doesn't ring everybody's bell the same way. So this is the um, message translation. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. Sometimes when the message says it because it's trying to put it in contemporary terms, it can kind of understate it just a little bit. (laughs) Because the original language says these are desperate times. These are trying times. As the end approaches, end of the world, end of the world. See, no one who is in Christ, I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned because we should. But none of us who are in Christ are going to view it like that. Yesterday, we had the privilege of having Jim Wade's funeral here. Who is now, by everything we know, spending all of eternity with Jesus Christ. Now, the families here this morning, they understand. They've experienced the loss. They're going through this like so many of you have as you've done the same thing in your families. But when we as believers understand that eternity for us, in fact, at this graveside we did the scripture in Thessalonians where it says, I wouldn't have you ignorant. I want you to know this ain't the end of it. (laughs) The, The good stuff comes after this. See, we get caught up. That's why I read the scripture in 1 John. We get caught up in the lust of the flesh. The things I want to make me feel good, make me feel better, whatever, stroke my ego, the lust of the eye, the things I see. We've we've been through this exercise so many times. If you were to pull into the Walmart parking lot, and there's all the Hondas, Toyotas, Chevrolets, Fords, all that stuff out there, and there's a Maserati out there, what are you going to look at? It's, It's just almost nature for us, natural for us to be drawn to something that's kind of exclusive and luxurious. And again, I'm not putting any of that down. That's not my point. My point is that as we are people of God living in this time, we have to have a different view of what things are. And one of the things that this is saying to us in the scripture is we're not content in what we have. Now, Do I need a a new shirt from time to time? Yes, I do. I have a pair of khaki pants that I have worn forever. And finally, it wore a hole right there. And Sheila happened to see it. Now, I can't wear those up here anymore. Even though, is that not stylish? (laughs) Man, I didn't think about it. I'd have really been in with those. Oh, that's the problem. I have only a small hole. If I had a big hole, it'd be different. Okay. It isn't that we're saying not to have the things that are necessary for life. That's never the point. The point is, who has you or what has you? And that's what this scripture is all about. So the translation in the message goes on. It says, As the end approaches, people are going to be, and and I'm going to add a little bit to it, more and more self-absorbed, 
more and more money-hungry, more and more self-promoting, more and more stuck up, more and more profane, more and more contemptuous of parents, more and more crude, more and more coarse, (laughs) this one's more and more dog-eat-dog, more and more unbending, more and more slanderous, more and more, and see this, this really is moving. They've done a good job on this one. Impulsively wild, because it's saying in the Greek language, as you bore down on this, it's saying that people are getting to the place where there's literally no control. You know what I mean? Like riots in the streets, knocking out windows so I can get a new TV because I'm underprivileged. Or wait a minute, new tennis shoes, because I need something for my feet. We're there. Sadly, we're there. They're cynical, treacherous, more and more ruthless, more and more (laughs) pridefully boasting about themselves, more and more addicted to lust, but at the same time, more and more allergic to God. They may show religious tendencies, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. Now, again, we all get to choose. I can be mad about this. I can be upset about this. I can be panicking and fearful about this. Or I can say, God, what do you want me to do? For example, let's, like I say, let's look at a couple of them. Because one of my favorites is in here. Not my favorite sin. Just <laughs> Disobedient to parents. We have gone through such a transition of how to raise children in America. Now, I'll be the first to say that my parents could have done a better job. My dad particularly could have been a little less abusive. But I can tell you this. In my whole life growing up, I never one time talked back to my dad or my mom when I lived in their house. Nor even after I left. (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with children being respectful to their parents. I just don't. I think we can actually support that from the scripture, which is what I've advocated you do. Take the time, spend some time in the book of Proverbs, particularly, which is the book of wisdom, and find the information you need. There's some information for you that will be beneficial in raising your children in a godly fashion. Now, please understand, boy, this is, this is that tightrope that sometimes we have to get on. I've watched parents be so rigid on this. That it isn't grace, but it's just law. And when that child gets to a place and an opportunity, they're gone. I remember one young lady. Man, she her parents were strict, 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 strict. And she was dating this young man. And they got married. And they started having children. 
And somewhere she realized she was no longer under that parental rigidness. And she went bonkers. Left her husband, left her children, started this crazy wild life. As far as I know, still there. So as we do this raising of children... And the sad thing is, in the process here, the rights of parents are being taken away. Certain states now, you can't tell your kid whether it's a boy or a girl. They get to choose or something in between. That's, that's real. When it talks about being ungrateful, we just recently... On the news, the athlete who turned their back on the flag. How in the world did you get there? Except what this country offers to you to get there and represent our nation on an international stage. It makes no sense to me. That someone can go to that length and, and I won't get into all the sports and kneeling and all that garbage. It's just like, really? I served my country in the military. Many of you did as well. I was never placed in combat. For that, I'm grateful because I was in nuclear weapons. It would not have been a good outcome for a lot of folks. But think of those who are killed and injured in all the campaigns we've had as a nation. So many giving their life the ultimate sacrifice and for, then for somebody who's had all the privilege of our nation to say, I don't care about the flag. I'm not a nationalist, okay? I'm not a nationalist. I'm a Christian. But there's something about honoring those who have honored us in the giving of their life. We've got, again, it all goes back to us being the light and the witness and testimony. But we've got to say enough is enough. If that means I don't watch professional sports, <laughs> that's no sacrifice for me, by the way. Never did. You know, I'm sorry. I don't get a kick out of watching somebody making millions of dollars playing football. I played it for free in the barnyard when I was a kid. Or any other sport for that matter. And I get, I get that Steve Bishop. I'm, I'm okay with that. Why should we support? She and I talking about this morning. You know, what, what kind of media do we support? What kind of movies do we support? Now, can you watch a movie anywhere that doesn't have somebody in it who is of a different sexual persuasion? Really? Is that what this is? It says that all this is continuing to get worse, and it says they're, they're ungrateful. So ungrateful even to a nation, but even more than that, ungrateful to God. You know, last week we had Jesus, our superhero up here, and the fact that he gave his life for me. He gave his life for me. I, I, as long as I've been at this, I still am amazed that, because I know me. And that he loved me that much that he gave his life. He took my sin on him. Covered it with his blood. Why would I be ungrateful to him? Father God, who loved me so much that gave his son. 
as that sacrifice. Why would I be ungrateful? Why would I ever sit down to a meal and not thank him for the food? Irreligious. Treating holy things as unholy. <laughs> Man, we are, we're doing so well at this that this prophecy of Paul through Timothy and the Holy Spirit inspiration writing, inspired writing, is in our face on a daily, daily basis. Callous. Truce breakers. False accusers. By the way, you know what the original language is for false accuser here? It's the Greek word for devil. I mentioned that last week. We've let the devil in the church. Why? Because I don't want to address your sin because you might do what? You might want to talk about my sin. We need to go back to Matthew where it says, judge not, inspect your own life, and determine that before God, you will clean those logs out of your eyes before you deal with the sawdust that's in your friend's eye. Now, here's what we, we tend to do with that. We say, oh, well, that being the case, we, just, we can't do it. We can't judge. We can't do it. That's not what that's saying. What that's saying is, and we talked about last week being intercessors because that's an important role for us as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why God lets us see our idiosyncrasies and our junk so we can pray for one another. But it's saying God wants you to help that other person, but he wants you to make sure you have taken care of the stuff in your life first. That's why when we pray for people, we encourage them, make sure you take care of the stuff in your life before you start praying for people because they don't need your junk. They don't need my junk either. And so that's why the Bible, which is our information that we should be knowing and practicing so real in our world every day, whether it's here in this building or whether it's at home or at work or commerce or wherever, that we're walking this out and we're the the antidote to this whole mess. We're talking about we're the light, we're the light, we're the light. But then he gets down to this one. It's talking about the fact that we are just so uh, out of control. There's no self-control. There is a word that seemingly is leaving our vocabulary today. You know what that word is? It's a big word. It's two letters. The word is no. You want to cause a war, tell somebody no. I have been in stores with parents who told their child, who was like that tall, no. Oh my goodness. They go bonkers. And when you see a child, you think, oh my God, parent, get a good get a grip on your child but the sad thing is we see adults like that now today as well tell them no and it goes it's a free-for-all 
You can't tell me no. Who do you think you are? I'm your boss. I write your check. So what? You're not telling me no. I'll go get a government check. I try not to digress, but once in a while, it just slips in there. When we, we take the time, I believe, to really work through this in such a wonderful way, and we get to that place where we can truly see what God is doing, it is amazing. I want to jump ahead a little bit. I think I got it up here. Let me get to it. Yeah, here it is. Okay. Because I kept going back to this one, and I said, why is that in there? And I think I figured it out. So I'm going to share it with you, and, and we'll see. But those who are in this will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as James and Jambres' folly was also. Now, I said James, it's Janice and Jambres. What's this about? Who are these guys? Well, when the Israelites left Egypt, Egyptians went with them. Now, you can do your research, and you'll find that those guys are not named in Exodus. The only place they're named is here by Paul writing to Timothy. And he says that these were the guys who were mixed up in the making of the golden calf with Aaron so the people could what? Go back to worshiping the things they worshiped in Egypt. Hmm. So when I worked on it, I said, wait a minute. Is it possible that one of the reasons we keep being pulled back to all the stuff we've talked about, because that is the world and that's the way the world operates, is it possible because we have not let go of some of the things in our past? That they're just kind of there. And we've watched that in ministry and in our healing where people are, dealing with stuff in their past and they're getting it out and then they'll, they'll have some little thing or and sometimes when I say that it's not like it's their favorite pet sin it's some hurt that has or some shame that's come in their life and they just they're just not sure about getting it out I I, I can tell you there are times when people are going through ministry and inner healing and there's stuff that comes out and they're thinking oh if you guys know this stuff you're, you're not going to love me and the the truth is you're loved even more because that's when things get real. And that's why it's important to go back in your life. And if you have a Janice or a Janice and Jamborees, um, anything in there that's from the past, let's get it out. Let the Holy Spirit put his light on it. And then sometimes it does take help of someone ministering to you to get that out. And sometimes you can do it just with you and the Holy Spirit working things out. But don't leave anything there. It goes on and says, now you followed my teaching. Ah, see, that's the good. Isn't that crazy how good the word of God is? You followed my teaching. Conduct. Remember I said when, we, when you follow people, follow people who are following Christ. If we're not following Christ, don't follow us. That doesn't even make sense. Not just what we say, but what we do. And our purpose and faith and patience and love and perseverance and persecutions and sufferings. In other words, as we go through all this together, we do it in such a way that, and he says, this is what happened in Antioch and Lystra. 
the things that I've endured. Why did I do that? Because of Jesus Christ. Well, why are we doing it today? Because of Jesus Christ. We're, we're the answer, as I said, and I'll keep saying it over and over again. We're the answer. We're the solution. We're the light. But if we don't present it, then who's going to hear it? Who's going to see it? Who's going to know it? Will there be opposition? Yes, there will. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy. Hang on, brother. It's coming. You don't think they just persecuted just me, Paul saying. No, they're going to get anybody and everybody who follows Christ. And so as this offer, as it were, is being made to all of us, are we going to follow Christ or follow the world? We have to understand it doesn't mean smooth sailing. It amazes me, people who want to get in a church and get involved, and then, boom, they get hit in the nose with something. It's not whether or not you're going to get knocked out of the game. I can promise you, you will. If you in any way attempt to serve Christ, you will. Does everybody understand that? You will. Okay, just so you know, if you sign up for something, you know you're going to get punched in the nose. Oh, great, form the line over here on my left, okay? But it's not if you're going to get knocked out of the game. But it's how quickly you get back in the game that makes all the difference in the world. And as you learn, as you grow, as you mature, you'll find, you know, man, you're over in the silence. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I'll take another hit. I'll take a hit for the team. I'm, I'm good, coach. Let me back in. Now, that's us. That's our day. We're going to talk about more next week. I hope you're ready for that.